Chapter 16 of Stories from the Trenches, Humorous and Lively Doings of Our Boys Over There. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stories from the Trenches, Humorous and Lively Doings of Our Boys Over There by Carlton B. Case. Chapter 16. General Bell Redeems His Promise. The youngsters at Camp Upton looked with admiring and envious eyes at the ribbons pinned on the left breast of the man who entered headquarters. Then they looked up at the face of the wearer of these emblems of service in the Indian Wars, Cuba, and the Philippines, and they saw a sturdy campaigner of field and desert, his face bronzed by many scorching suns. On the left sleeve of his coat were the three bars of a sergeant with the emblem of the supply department in the inverted V. This ghost of the old army seemed to feel a little out of place for a moment, and then he turned to Sergeant Dunbow and said, I'd like to see the general, if you please. Have you an appointment? asked Dunbow a bit hesitatingly. Well, no, but the general told me to come back, so I am here. As the general was then out in the camp, Sergeant Dunbow suggested that the old soldier tell him just what he wanted to see him about, and, says the New York Sun, So the story of Sergeant Busick was told. The story of a once trim young trooper and a once dashing lieutenant of the 7th Cavalry, immortalized by Custer and honored by a whole army. Twenty years ago, Edward Busick was assigned as a private to G Troop of the 7th, stationed at Fort Apache, Arizona. At that time, G was officially lacking a captain, so a certain young lieutenant was acting commander, and for his orderly he chose one trooper Busick. One evening, a year later, the lieutenant received sudden orders to report immediately to a staff post. All that night, his orderly worked with him packing his personal belongings and helping him get ready for an early morning start. It was a long job, and a hard one, but the orderly didn't mind the work in the least. All he cared about was the loss of his troop commander. Don't suppose I'll ever see you again, Busick, but if I do, and there's anything I can do for you, I'll be glad to do it the lieutenant told him when his job was finished and the last box had been nailed down. It wasn't very much for a lieutenant to say to his orderly, but it meant a great deal to this trim young trooper. Somehow, in the old army, orderlies get to thinking a great deal of their officers, and Busick happened to be just in that particular kind. He had an especially good memory, too. The whirligig of fate that seems to have so much to do with army affairs sent the lieutenant to the Philippines, where, as colonel of the Suicide Regiment, he won everlasting honor for his regiment and a congressional medal for valor for himself. Then on up he jumped until his soldier straps bore the single star of a brigadier. Then another star was added, and he became chief of staff and ranking officer in the whole army. And all the while the whirligig that looks after enlisted men saw to it that Trooper Busick added other colored bars to his service ribbons. And slowly he added pounds to his slim girth and a wife and children to his fireside. But as a heavy girth and a family aren't exactly synonymous with dashing cavalrymen, Sergeant Busick saw to it that he was transferred from the roving cavalry to the stationary coast artillery. And through all the years, he remembered the lieutenant and his promise that if he ever wanted anything, he would try to get it for him. One month ago, Sergeant Busick got a furlough from his Coast Artillery Company at Fort McKinley, Portland, Maine, and bought a ticket to Camp Upton, New York. There were only a few men here then, so we didn't have any great difficulty in seeing his old first lieutenant. For half a minute or so, General Bell, commanding officer of the 77th Division of the National Army and one-time first lieutenant of the 7th Cavalry, didn't recognize his old orderly. 
but it was only for half a minute. You'll sleep in our quarters with us tonight, General Bell ordered. Tomorrow we'll see about that old promise. So that night, Sergeant Busick had the room between Major General Bell's and Brigadier General Reed's. But sleeping next to the generals was pretty strong for an ordinary sergeant, and he didn't accept General Bell's invitation to have mess with him. And a little later, Busick told his old commander that the big request that he had come across the continent to make was that he be transferred to the 77th Division and allowed to serve under the general. But army tape is still long and red, so all that the general could do was to send the sergeant back to his post and promise that he would do all that he could. This, it proved, was sufficient. For Sergeant Edward Busick, smiling and happy with his reassignment papers safely tucked away in his pocket of his blouse under his half a foot of service ribbons, came back to report for duty. It took 20 years to do it, but he's done it. And the National Army of Freedom hasn't any idea as yet how much richer in real soldier talent and color it is today. But a certain old campaigner, who used to be a first lieutenant of cavalry, knows. No great loss. An American stopping at a London hotel rang several times for attendance, but no one answered. He started for the office in an angry mood, which was not improved when he found that the lift was not running. Descending two flights of stairs, he met one of the chambermaids. "'What's the matter with this dashed hotel?' he growled. "'No one to answer your call and no elevator running.' "'Well, you see, sir,' said the maid, "'the Zepps were reported and we were all ordered to the cellar for safety.' ejaculated the American." I was on the fifth floor and I wasn't warned. No, sir, was the bland reply. But you see, sir, you don't come under the Employer's Liability Act, sir. End of chapter 16